welcome back to Save by the Spell. It has been quite a week. Today, I'm very excited to have a newer internet friend and um, astrologer and human design. Infer, inf, inf, I don't even know what the word to be calling you is. Well, let me just Yeah, me neither. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Kelsey Rose. Kelsey, please introduce yourself to the World Wide Web. <laughs> okay. Hi, Marcella, and hi, everyone listening in. I'm Kelsey Rose Tortorici. I'm like constantly undecided on whether I want to include my last name or not. Today, I will. Um, I am an astrologer. I've been studying human design for the last year or so and more informally experimenting with it for close to three years. So that language has become a part of my lens. So I'm always kind of, well, let's see. Let me widen out a bit and I'll come back to that. I have a background in music education. So I very much identify as a teacher. I've been learning and teaching within the sort of spiritual healing arts, esoteric realms for the last close to a decade. Started with yoga, then Reiki, my main modalities at this point are astrology and human design. I do a lot of teaching, writing, speaking, client work. And the way that today I'm sort of understanding my work, if I try to distill it, like what is it that I'm doing, is I've started to think about the way that I see the world through human design and astrology as this like sacred pattern recognition. And I've also started to understand that what I'm doing when I work with my own astrology and, and human design, and then when I introduce other people to theirs or discuss other people through the lens of those tools, I've started to understand it as like energy work, that it's attunement that's happening, attunement back to self. Um, so that's not really reflected in how I've put myself out there in the past, but that's like the kind of transformation happening in my cocoon right now. Nice. So I, don't, I don't know how to introduce myself, but I'm... <laughs> no, you did great. I'm all of those things. <laughs> you are all of those I things. I don't know my titles anymore. They're changing, but... I feel like that's a lot right now for people. Excuse the plane going overhead. I don't even hear it. Oh, good. <laughs> um... I know. I feel like there's so many of us that are like multi-hyphenate kind of um, and in reconfiguring all the time, especially in this changing like societal landscape, um, you know, about what what we're doing, what we're here to do or how to do it. Like, I know that <clears throat> finding human design like was so mind blowing to me. I think the first time I heard about it was in 2012. Um, I worked out of a metaphysical bookstore and it was right before I moved to Santa Fe briefly. And I met this person who was like, have you ever had this done? And I said, no. And I just remember they told me a bunch of stuff about myself that I was like, what? It made so much sense. Mm -hmm. But it, it for me, it didn't like click in the way other modalities had clicked for me in the in terms of understanding it. And for me, I get like a little impatient like if I'm, if I'm like, if something clicks, it registers really easily for me. I kind of tend to eat it all up really fast. And then, but you know, if I don't understand it, it might take me some years. So then like, I've kept finding myself being directed back to it to understand myself, obviously, but not as a tool for me to learn how to use for other people, but it's been fascinating. Um, to find out my, I guess you would call it your, your archetype, right? Like that, what you would call your design title. Like the aura type. The, yeah. Like I'm a manifesting generator, right? Mm -hmm. So is that's what's, that's called an aura type. Yeah. Some people call it energy types or aura types. I Got think it. I'm, okay. I'm resonating more with aura type lately. Yeah. I like that aura type. Anyway, it was cool. It was like, it's finally something that made sense because I've always been a person that's done a bunch of different things and kind of been accused of being not, not um, focused on, you know, when this society really kind of favors like, no, you learn one thing 
and you do that for your life. <laughs> and I've, I've never been that way. So, um, and even down to, there was like this explanation how like in human design, there's like a chart, right. Of the body and there's like different energy centers and they are defined or undefined, or you see channels of the way the energy works. And I remember, um, someone saying, oh, your head center is like undefined, but your throat is defined. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I get that. Like it, it helped me understand like why I should never go to the grocery store without a list in hand. <laughs> because if I do, I tend to go, oh, I'm going to make these things. And then I'm in line. And all of a sudden the person in front of me has a bunch of stuff for cookies. And I'm like, I'm going to make cookies and mm-hmm. put everything back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I thought it was really um, potent to hear also the encouragement about how to work with my particular energy because I would get really frustrated I would come up with really ideas I'd be like yeah this is it this is the thing like I'd come up with a class or um, a program and then I'd put it out there and it would be crickets crickets and I'd be so bummed because I'd be like, nobody gets it. Nobody gets me. I'm a, I'm a freak. <laughs> like, and then I don't know, six months later or an, even a year later, people are like, oh, I want to do this thing. I'm like, where were you a year ago? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so hard for me right now to not just turn every podcast I'm on into like a public reading because <laughs> the way my brain works is like, right. oh, there's that frequency. Oh, there's that frequency, you know? So I'm like toggling back and forth between looking at you and looking at your design and I'm just going, uh-huh. Yep. Okay. There's that <laughs> frequency. There's that frequency. <laughs> well, I just love that. It's such a map. And I, I mean, I think there is no one way to kind of explore your personal manual, you know, and I think human design is such an important tool as is astrology, as is divination and different mediums. But I think if people are really curious about understanding the like really sincere and practical ways to work with their aura types, like look into your human design, you know? Yeah. Well, and what you referenced with the centers too, like that's huge. That's the foundation. And a lot of the stuff that's that you can find easily about human design does not reference the centers. It's just like, here's your aura type and here's the strategy that goes with that. And for some people, there is this like zing moment when they think about their their strategy and their type, it resonates right away. But also the like language is so loaded and sometimes just reading about your type and your strategy feels anywhere from like, oh, that doesn't resonate or it confuses me to like, oh, I actually feel repelled by right. the idea of that or incredibly disempowered by the idea of that. Mm-hmm. In the case of like generators not wanting, not liking the idea of waiting to respond or projectors not liking the idea of waiting for an invitation. But if you understand it from what these nine energy centers are about and what it means to have definition there, as in you are tethered to that part of your existence, that's a consistent uh, place within your energy body, within your knowing versus this is this is the gateway to the outer world for you. This is where things come in and condition you, which can be cool and fun, but is not your truth. Right. Like, that's really what it's about. And then everything about the type and everything about the strategy and authority are based on that. Oh. One of the really cool things about human design is that you don't need to know those mechanics for it to have profound impact in your life. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes think that's not so much the case with astrology. And right. just speaking for myself, like for me, astrology didn't, it changed my outlook right away. It changed mm-hmm. my worldview and my sense of magic and like what it means to exist in this cosmic matrix. But it didn't change me as an individual mm-hmm. really until I, it didn't help me attune to my own energy, I should say until I really knew it, until I was like fluent in the language. But with human design, like part of the reason that I think it's so cool and that I really just haven't been able to resist bringing it into my astrology work, even though I was like, oh, this is still new to me. Like, should I be teaching it? Should I be talking about it yet? Is because it's just so practical. You don't need to know the mechanics to understand what it means to be in response Mm -hmm. as a sacral being, as a generator, right? And 
And so it's like, yeah, I feel kind of conflicted about it because you don't need to know all those mechanics. And that's why that's part of why it's so practical and useful to me. But if you do get just a basic fundamental introduction to what are the centers and Mm -hmm. which ones do you have defined and how does that, why does that make you your aura type and why does that give you this authority? It's like, it just makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, I look, I, yeah, that's so powerful. And I think it's important when learning these things to feel like there, there's a practicality to them. And, um, one of the most profound things that I learned through learning more about those centers, um, and I can't remember exactly if it was like my spleen, something was undefined. And the person the first time that spoke to me about, about my chart or whatever with it, they said, you don't, and this helped me in a big way because as a artist first and foremost, and um, you know, I, I never understood how to maybe price my work, right? For example. And, but I could price other people's things. And she had said to me, like, it's not because you don't value yourself. It's literally, you can't tell the difference. Like you could have like a a masterpiece on a napkin and like a Van Gogh and like, it's like your sense of like, what is valuable to you is, is very different. And it's like apples to oranges, like you can't compare. So she's like, I would highly recommend that if you're having trouble, it's not because you're bad with money or you don't have value in yourself. It's because you see value in things that, you know, because of this undefined center. So she's like, so don't be afraid to ask a professional outside observer like hey how much should I charge for this Mm -hmm. and not because what will happen is you will maybe undersell or not value you know not know how to to value or put too much value on something else what you know and I was like oh okay that I found that really helpful because one of the biggest things for me in this lifetime is redefining not that I thought we'd talk about this, but redefining my relationship to finances and resources and to understand all of those things that I thought were, oh, maybe I'm just stupid or maybe I don't value myself enough because that's what people tell you with like businessy things like you don't value yourself. (laughs) Um, So that, that was interesting. I found those, that, that kind of aspect of it really helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like those moments are so cool when someone explains it to you in a way that does just hit. And it's Mm -hmm. like you were saying for you, human design isn't, it's maybe not a tool that you're like, oh, I need to go to, I need to like gather all this info and understand it, incorporate it in my own work. But like, that's what I mean when I say this is energy work. This Mm -hmm. is like, these are attunements because this person with language and with kind of mental energy through the framework of human design was able to strike a chord with a, a frequency, a pattern, like a truth that, you know, in your own body, right? Mm -hmm. Like you recognize, you recognize where you're tethered. That's the word I use a lot when I'm talking about like astrology placements or definition in human design, like you're tethered to this frequency, Mm -hmm. you're tethered where you're defined. And then there's openness and fluctuation elsewhere. And so when someone's able to describe to you, that feeling in a way that helps you, you you don't even need, you don't need it to be proven because they articulated something that your body has always known, but without these frameworks that help us witness what we're seeing in these patterns, it's like, we don't know where the conditioning ends and we begin. We don't know where the, what's meant to, what's meant to fluctuate and change. Like in your case, your relationship to value, which definitely heard some spleen themes there, but it also sounds like she might have been referring to your ego and heart center, which is also undefined. That's oh, where we I put a lot of value stuff. Like clean is like security. So okay. I can hear that too. But uh, ego heart center does tend to be like, what's the value of what like worth worthiness is oh, very okay. ego it. heart center. Um, but yeah, like, do you see what I mean about like frequency and resonance? It's about yes. just like, it's so helpful to have these frameworks and tools to show us what we already know. That's what right. it feels like to me. Show you right. what you already know, but but in a way that the mind 
which is conditioned to never stop trying to figure things out. Like that mm-hmm. we ha- we're burdened with these minds. That's how it works. So these tools give us, give the mind kind of something to chew on mm-hmm. so that we can let the body do its work and let the body and our definition kind of drive. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's also like really cool learning more about the different um, aura types and like who, like when I'm looking out into the world, like who else is like similar or like, mm-hmm. and looking at like, oh, okay, like this is something that I can do. Like I can have like this multi-hyphenate life and, um, and not be like, I don't know, feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see like, oh, Rihanna is a manifesting generator. I'm like, cool. All right. Like, yeah, um, I can, I can feel like a little bit more like, all right, it is possible to be able to branch out into different things that are exciting and perhaps like not have to know, um, like get a doctorate in every single thing that I'm interested mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, and yeah, you know, I feel like something you and I have have connected about a bit and something that I see in the, the internet space a lot, themes that we're kind of collectively looking at and working through right now is like a codependency clearing mm-hmm. and trying to come back to in, like trying to actually create a pathway towards interdependence, but building it from a foundation of independence in a way and autonomy, right? Like clearing mm-hmm. codependency, clearing enmeshment. And sometimes I think in maybe this is just where I am in the process or where I'm witnessing some of the people in my life and people I work with where they are in the process. But as we're, it's like binaries are traps is kind of the the point of what I'm about to say here. Like as we're trying to swing away from codependency, it's very easy to just end up at the inverse of -hmm. codependency, whatever that is, rather than how do we actually relate to and connect with each other in a way that isn't codependent. And so like, I just had a call with someone earlier today I do walk and talks with some of my patrons where it's just like, it's an experiment. I really enjoy it. I just go on a walk for 25 minutes and talk to them on the phone. Oh, nice. And at the end of it, they were expressing like some of the ways that I had phrased what I've been thinking about lately in my own work were really helping them to understand their frequency and their purpose. And then I heard them kind of walk it back for a second and be like, but I don't, I don't want to just compare myself to you. I don't want to just like, you know, project like take what you're saying and make it my own. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what's happening here. Like our frequencies are plugging in so that you can see, you can get into relationship with something within your own frequency in a way that my frequency helps you to access. Like there, it is easy to project and compare and all of that, but we don't need to just completely never compare ourselves to one another or not allow ourselves to see these reflections in one another. And my point here is that tools like astrology and human design, when I think about how they've helped me personally, it's very much been around where's the sameness and where's the difference. Right. So when I'm connecting with Marcella, where do our separate webs of frequency catch each other? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it, you, the kind of things you and I talk about and the kind of similar experiences we share and, and the comparisons and contrasts that we have, like if I wanted to, and I, I have a little bit, just go look at our designs and look at our astrology. You can see it right there, but mm-hmm. then I can also see what's different. Right. And so it makes for like a healthier um, experience for me to be able to look at you and go, What's Marcella doing and what can I genuinely organically like take from that and allow to change me or to affirm me? Right. And also what not, though? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like that's like the whole premise of when I do sessions for people, you know, and I do share a lot of my personal experience, not to trauma bond, but just to show you where you might be feeling something that I've experienced or you're currently processing something that I'm processing because it's in that matter of relating, but doing it in a healthy boundaryed mm-hmm. kind of way. And codependency has been a huge issue in my life because I for so long thought I was like, I mean, I am, it's, it's interesting. It was, it's very, been very much a very extreme swing of hyper uh, independence and then like completely swinging to 
unhealthy codependence um, and then no nuance in the middle. And so it, it's been definitely, I feel like part of my life's journey to heal and work out those issues. And I, I think it also directly, you know, moving to astrology directly relates to my North and South node, um, my North node in Libra, my South node in Aries. And I have a, um, my South node Venus are the same degree in Aries. My Chiron is Aries, my moon, my Mercury are all Aries. So this, real pendulum swing in codependence and independence or, you know, like really trying to balance and learn interdependence um, has been a theme my whole life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, it's very interesting to see that kind of be hashed out with whether it's with my clients or people on the internet, um, because that's like another thing. Uh, that creates some, it can create some uh, unhealthy codependence and, and not just from them wanting me, it's from me needing them or wanting them as well, you know, and going, oh, wait, like, can't you get that, figure that validation or connectivity in for yourself first. Mm-hmm. It's like that whole putting on the mask, the oxygen mask on the, mm-hmm. you know, before helping someone else. And you know, and just before I lose the thought, I mean, the other thing that it really makes me think of is, um, you know, like in recovery, like you're taught to really speak on your experience and share your experience, strength and hope. But a lot of that has to do with like, I feel like that's, those are the most healing things when I hear someone else's story, because you look for the similarities. That's what you're taught. Look for the similarities. There's always going to be differences. Mm-hmm. But it's in those similarities that we find um, the healing because mm-hmm. there's some kind of like, there's a relatability. This, I love this topic because this was a place I got stuck for a while. This was a binary I got trapped in for a while was, is it okay to talk about myself mm-hmm. in settings where people are paying me to tell them about them? Right. Um, And I have a lot of colleagues that I don't know their feelings on it now, but two-ish years ago, maybe I'm just kind of Pisces galactic brain trying to pick (laughs) pick a time. I don't know when it was, but a couple of years ago, a lot of my astro colleagues were, there was like this narrative going that talking about yourself in session is bad. Mm -hmm. And I was like maybe a year or two into like formally offering astrology as a service at that Mm -hmm. point. And so I I still kind of felt like a baby astrologer. So I was still like very spongy and open to what should I be doing differently, Mm -hmm. which human design wise, I have an open head in Ajna. And so in terms of frameworks and truths, I'm a sponge and I need to be mindful not to attach to other people's ideas of what is correct Mm. or what is true. It's something that human design has really helped me to see. But the deeper I got into studying my own astrology, like I'm so fiery. I've got three planets in Aries, including my sun. I've got Sag, Moon, and Rising. And the way that I talk about and conceive of and teach fire is that it's the the self-experiential realm. When you're in fire energy, you are having a a personal, individual, transformative, mutative experience. Mm -hmm. The contrast that I often talk about like water which always comes before fire in the order of the Zodiac is the truth of connection and the truth of eternity. But fire is this separating force that says specifically Pisces to Aries. I think about this way, which is really strong in your chart, right? Right. So in addition to the Aries Libra nodes, I'm also looking at that. You've got significant Pisces placements and significant Aries placements around your themes of like codependency enmeshment and then individuation and separation and individuality. Cause Pisces, I think of as like the void and the soup of where all (laughs) the souls are combined, right? There is no separation, but then Aries is the traumatic birth moment where you go, Nope, I want to be separate now. I want to have this separate experience. And I'm an Aries son. And like, I'm never going to be like, it's, it's entirely futile for me. This may be not be true for everybody, but for me, it's entirely futile for me to try to separate my experience from the way that I teach and share frequency. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing so much narrative about like, that's not good. That's not, that's, I don't know if people thought it, it didn't have integrity or what, but uh-huh. what I've really had to learn is like, cool. 
like interesting opinion. I'll take it into consideration, but my body, my knowing, my awareness, my frequency says, this is how you understand things, Kelsey. You are tethered to fire. You are tethered to your, your universal experience. Sometimes that means I leave a podcast recording and I have a massive vulnerability hangover because I just <laughs> talked so much about my personal experience, but now I'm better now at not getting, you know, trapped in that binary and of understanding like that's how like I think of myself as a channel, but that's how things move through my right. channel. I speak directly, Mercury and Aries, directly to my experience. And Ram Das, who's also Aries' son, I, he says that, and I think it's in his Becoming Nobody mm. documentary. He says, like, of course I'm going to talk about myself. I'm my best case study. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's how it feels to me. Like, I don't know what's true for you, but here's how I understand this frequency. Um, here's how I've experienced this transit, whatever it is. Here's how I use human design. Here's how I use astrology. And when I'm plugging in to someone, when our frequencies are plugging in together, this is how it's been coming through to me lately. Like I, my main priority is to become a clear channel to continually, continuously attune to myself so that whatever it is, people are feeling drawn to working with me in regards to whether it's a session or they take a class of mine or something they want to plug into me. Let me offer you my clear frequency so that you can get from it, whatever it is that you're here for, like whatever you're trying to have mirrored back to you, the clearer I can be in my own truth, my own sense of self, then the more clear that reflection, whatever it is that you're trying to get back is going to be. I love that. And I think that it is important. And I think that, you know, maybe there was good intention behind the astrology or communities of people saying like, you know, don't share yourself. But I think that, and I, after I worked in a metaphysical bookstore for 10 years that had a plentitude of readers, so many readers. And there were some readers that were, had a reputation for talking too much about themselves. I would say this, it's only too much about yourself when it has nothing to do with the client. And it's basically you turning the session into a paid session for <laughs> them to experience your problems, you know, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I don't, I think there is a, definitely a difference. Like if you're sharing from the perspective of it's relating, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I've found, especially when I've gone through more intense um, life experiences and had a client or clients come to me with the same thing. Like when it was like the death of my adopted dad um, or just like different, really intense life experiences, people want to know your firsthand experience because they want to know how did you get through it? Mm -hmm. How did you, what were you feeling? A lot of times like in that parent death, like people wanted to, who were experiencing that needed to talk to somebody who knew what it felt like mm -hmm. firsthand. Mm -hmm. Because I, here's the thing with any, this is why I love like fire sign energy and no shade. I I'm still a Pisces sun and Mars Pisces. If an, a fire sign is telling me something that they went through, I believe them mm -hmm. because there's, there's the, the, they're, they're telling me the truth. Mm -hmm. They're not just telling me what I need to hear. Mm -hmm. And I, and I believe them. There's that, the sincerity in that. Honesty. We can't help it. We right. can't help it. Like, exactly. And that to me is so valued and valuable. And, um, and I, I have shame hangover all the time for oversharing and, um, being myself. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think that's also like, I'm like, that's a combo of my upbringing and also being like, um, a grand fire trine with an opposing, ascendant opposing my Saturn, like Aquarius rising, opposing my Saturn mm -hmm, and Leo, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people get triggered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it's, some people love that. And then other people don't. And it can really create a lot of confusion when you're going into these kind of connective spaces, I think, whether it be like in session, it's a little different, I think, because people, most people who are signing up for a session, they know who you are. They know what they're getting into. They're not strangers. Mm -hmm. But when you get into places like the internet and social media, and you're like, here's all my energy, and you're just trying to exist. You're just trying to be you. 
right? Because that's what you're like, be yourself. But then there are people that aren't accustomed or aren't ready, but they want to be ready because we live in a society where it's like, I want that next thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think there's this realm of um, needing to be discerning. Is this right for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why I'm kind of like leaning into this, but I, I think it just kind of, it, it's like been crossing my mind lately about like how people find each other, you know, and we find each other through usually referrals of other people. And, you know, I think that there is such a desire for humans and most humans to want to understand and know what to do next, that they're Mm -hmm. looking for maps Mm -hmm. and that's how they find us, Mm -hmm. you know, but not every map holder is going to be the right person to navigate your ship. Mm -hmm. And I just went on a tangent. So (laughs) like, I'm yes, all of it. I (laughs) agree with all of that. I think like, In terms of this question of sharing about self and discernment, the common thread there for me is I'm sure, like I'm in Aries, I'm naturally defensive and it's exhausting. So I see these like these comments um, about do this in session, don't do this in session. And of course my energy gets up to be like, but no, hey, you know, like that's something I've become very, very aware of about myself. There's just like, I'm in defense mode and it, it's not binary, not binary trap. It's not bad. Like this is my sure. nature. It's my nature to be like, but hey, my individuality, this is how I experience it. So that's been a big process for me is recognizing that sometimes there is like shoulds happening mm-hmm. in the way people express things but sometimes not. And I still experience it as like an affront, you know? (laughs) Uh uh So, so I say this to say that there's, there's insight for everybody to take from that commentary on, you know, be mindful of how much you talk about your personal experience in session with people. Mm -hmm. And for me, the universality, the truth that we can each use when we're engaging with opinions (laughs) (laughs) whether they're similar to this dynamic, this conversation or not, is just everybody's version of balance, everybody's version of moving forward looks completely different. Mm -hmm. So like there is somebody out there that needed to hear that that day, that needed to like question, am I maybe talking too much about myself in session? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know, maybe not. But my point is that the way that each of us is going to respond to and react to and be changed by information is different. And none of us are supposed to have the same experience taking in new information as the other. Mm -hmm. So for me, it all comes down to, and you brought this up, like individual discernment. And I think that's why I love these tools of astrology and human design so much is because it helps me see so clearly this for me, open head and Ajna, all these opinions are coming in cool. Like I'm meant to be changed by them. I'm meant to consider them. I'm not meant to identify with or hold on to any of them. Here's the part mm-hmm. of me that, that remains consistent that I can always depend on to give me direction mm-hmm. um, and guidance. And to, like, that's kind of what I see a, a big part of our work right now is collectively and relationally is learning to engage with each other. Mm -hmm. I think about this as the Saturn in Aquarius transit a little bit. Like Aquarius is like this detached. When you think about the Aquarius Leo polarity, Leo is like you are in your experience, fixed fire. You're seated at the center of the solar system on the sun and everything is revolving around you. You're in your own drama, your own perspective. And Aquarius is the opposite of that, the polarity of that. It's at the edge of the solar system. It's air. So it's very like idea based. It's kind of I think of Aquarius as sort of calm, cool, collected energy, um, sometimes to the point of uh, ignoring, you know, <laughs> yeah. like dissociating and over over dissociating, ignoring from the, the drama, like not being willing to mm. uh, recognize what you're feeling and experiencing or what another individual is feeling or experiencing. But <laughs> yeah. Saturn and Aquarius to me, it, like one way I've noticed it, especially in the last few weeks is like 
I think it is teaching us all to just lean back a little bit from the drama mm -hmm. and just, you know, be able on Instagram or Twitter to just scroll on by like, oh, how interesting that's experience <laughs> someone else is having right now and not like over identify with or over attached to the things passing us. And I think we're starting to see that in social media, like people are starting to say that and, mm -hmm. and use greater discernment, I think. Um, but also like that's a pretty good model for relationality. I, think. I love that. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're plugging into each other in human design. We would call it conditioning. We're conditioning mm -hmm. each other where we're open and that's meant to happen. And it can be fun and mm -hmm. it can be expansive and it can be playful, but mm -hmm. it's not, we can't, when we identify with that conditioning and that fluctuation and the, the projection fields and the exchange of energies as our individual truth, that's when we experience suffering. That's when conditioning mm. takes over the truth of our own being and our own knowing. And mm. I know there's other ways to get in tune with your own nature. And, you know, I shouldn't, sometimes I feel like I swipe underneath the, the rug the ways that things like yoga and Reiki have changed me and mm -hmm. have energetically attuned me. But my very kind of mental brain has benefited, I, I would say. I mean, it, I guess it doesn't even really matter why am I trying to put like a quality judgment on it. But I, I tend to say that astrology and human design have given me more bang for my buck than any other tool in terms of like really being able to constantly come back, constantly reattune to self and understand that distinction between the field and the conditioning and my own being and my own nature. Wow. Yeah. I'm just like pondering here, like thinking, taking that all, like letting it all process. Oh, um, an another thing I was thinking about earlier that's come up a couple of times, like specifically around, it's come up in my brain around like the Pisces Aries thing is that astrology, astrology taught me this first. I have South node in Virgo, North node in Pisces. So I'm always mm. taught, I'm always thinking about like how my brain is very pattern recognition oriented and the Zodiac is just a big ass pattern, you right. know, but it showed me like I needed to see the patterns in an earthy Virgo way in order to be attuned to the kind of like cosmic oneness truth of Pisces. Uh-huh. Like my brain needed to see the Zodiac and understand the patterns within it in order to feel the everythingness that is Pisces, which is not everyone's journey. That's right. my journey. I needed the Virgo to get to the Pisces. But I think about it also as like Pisces, Pisces, the truth of Pisces and the truth of water that we're all connected. It, you, you can feel that. You know, you sometimes hear people say, like, you have all the signs in your chart, right? Have right. you heard that? People are like, yes. you're all the parts of the zodiac. And that's so true. And right. the human design version of that is like, we all have all nine centers. We all have all 64 gates. It's just which ones are you tethered to? Oh. Because then, mm -hmm. right, like with your, the placements you have in your zodiac sign, like I'm tethered to the Aries perspective. I can't. I can't unfilter Sag rising because it is my filter. <laughs> so if I'm trying to move through the world like a Libra rising, I'm going right. to experience a lot of suffering, which doesn't right. mean I don't get to incorporate the perspective and the truth and the knowing of Libra, mm -hmm. but I don't embody that the way that someone with significant placements in Libra would, right? Sure. So, and do you say you think that like with your rising, you think of that as your kind of the lens, the way you move through the world? Mm -hmm, yeah, I think of the rising sign as like the filter, the, the interface is what I say. OK, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get the Aquarius um, disassociating thing. I do like I, I love that um, in that like inter galactic kind of vibe of being out at the edge of the universe mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm gonna look from way over here mm -hmm. um but then that Saturn and Leo directly opposing puts me in front of people mm. and and I don't know I don't know I mean it's just like it's 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 a very interesting um dynamic the other thing you know just to really in terms of engaging with others and just passing by like certain posts and things like that. One of the other aspects is, you know, sometimes I will ask people 
before because I used to be a person that used to share my opinion about everything all the time. And that used to get me into a lot of trouble um, because I thought, well, I'm being honest, but not everybody wants that honesty. And then something I've gotten more into the habit of asking, like since, um, you know, in the last four or five years since being sober, if some, I will wait till other people ask me for my opinion. And it's the same thing in session. Like, yes, I will share certain things, personal experiences, but only if it is welcomed. And even with friends, you know, it's like, and I've had to learn how, when I've had someone say to me, hey, I've made an observation. Can I share it with you? And I've had to really go before I used to just say yes, because I thought I had to, it was like a polite thing. But then I got to this point where I started going, oh, wait, maybe I'm not ready to process someone else's opinion about what they think I should be doing or what I need to notice. And also needed to take a moment and go, okay, where is this coming from? So learning how to also discern, like, you know what, I'm really in a sensitive, fragile place right now. I love you. I appreciate that you have insight, but I can't. Um, I can't filter, I can't process it right now. Mm-hmm. And learning how to say, I'm, I can't process that right now and not be offended or have the other person be offended. Or I've had, you know, I've had other people say they were like open to something that I needed to share with them. And then they weren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turned into like this hot potato mm-hmm. blame game back and forth of unprocessed emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also have a pattern recognition thing. And I think sometimes I call that's my, my autism, <laughs> my superpower mm-hmm. is to recognize certain behavioral things or people looping mm-hmm. on the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. And, um, anyway, I, yeah, I think, I think it's like this mutual thing where we have to learn how to kind of be accountable, but also in that interdependence, learn how to kind of take a moment, take a beat and go, can I process this? Or should I share that? I really look forward to the day where I could fully lean into either more Aquarian energy. I always say, I wish I was a Scorpio or like, or an Aquarius Uh, or a Leo. Those were like the three that I always wished I was more tethered to (laughs) because I want to be unbothered. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, it's so interesting because I feel like Aquarius, when I think unbothered, that's probably the sign that comes to mind. Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I have that as my rising, but I just like sometimes go, God, you know, but it's ruled by a Leo planet. Right. (laughs) Right. And like, there's a lot of contradiction in there. There's so much contradiction and people always think I'm unbothered, but I'm like, you do not understand if you, but if you are close to me, you know that I am so bothered all the mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. the Aries stellium that I have is like, always like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just saying on a podcast a few days ago, how people think Aries is courageous. That's not what it feels like from inside of it. it it's literally the impatience and the low tolerance for discomfort that makes me as an Aries constantly like, this doesn't feel good. I need to change it. I need to fix it onto the next thing. And people are like, wow, you're so brave. Just out there living your life, like doing what you want, like doing the thing. I'm like, it is not courage. It is discomfort. I'm uncomfortable and I don't like to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to change this now. (laughs) I think it's, it is brave though. And yeah, maybe it is moving out of discomfort, but what I love about the Aries energy is there's curiosity Like I always say, like my Aries moon gets me into so many predicaments that before I knew I was scared of them Mm. just because I was like, Ooh, what's that? Yes. It's like this innocence, this like purity, innocence of intention type of thing. I'm like, sure. I'll try anything (laughs) once. And then I'm Mm -hmm. in it and I'm like, why am I a hundred feet in the air? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. over the ocean? Because I was like, what does it feel like to feel like a bird, you know? And then mm-hmm. I'm like up there and I'm like looking down going, oh, I could fall, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just like things like that. Daredevil-y mm-hmm. things. 
Yeah, well, and this is what like, (laughs) you have so much air fire opposition in your chart. Like that's such a huge theme in your chart, your nodes, like we talked about, but then also you are air rising, Aquarius rising, but you're ruled by Saturn in Leo opposite that. So the way that I would like look at that is, yeah, there's going to be this natural, I don't know if discomfort's the right word, but like contradiction. Like that's what oppositions feel like. They feel like tug of war. Like these two parts of me feel like they're getting in each other's way. How am I supposed to be able to recognize, reconcile these actual opposites, these actual polarities? But the way that I work with astrology and human design and this energy and these systems is to go, oh, that feeling of polarization, that contradiction, that is my home. That is my, my, I don't know, truth, you know, like you are quote meant to, right. Or supposed to be in that particular flavor of polarity. That is your, I don't know if it feels safe. That might not be the right (laughs) word for it, but like, that is you, that's your energy, right? That's Um, the recipe. And we, a lot of times probably try to avoid being in that particular, like, ratio because we're told that we should be everything we're told that to be like a well-rounded human we should be able to show up in all the ways and there's there's truth to it right like when you hear astrologers say you have all the signs in the zodiac yeah Mm -hmm. you do you can show up in all the ways but which ways are going to be the ones that feel most like easeful to you which ways are the ways your body and your energy comes home to like let yourself go out there and try on all the signs every day sure but stop trying to distort yourself to operate in any way other than an Aquarius rising with Saturn and Leo would you know like Mm -hmm. you're you're here to do Saturn's bidding that's how I, I talk about the planet that rules you and Saturn is like lately I've been thinking about Saturn as like because it rules both Cap and Aquarius, it's like Cap is like the earth. So Saturn and Cap is like holding the container for what's happening on planet earth. But then Aquarius is that alien archetype. So the other side of Saturn is like reaching out to what's beyond. And you're here doing Saturn's work through the Aquarian lens. Like you are here to have that outsider perspective, Mm. but the way you do it is through the Leo characteristics and the Leo (laughs) mannerisms of like, here's what I see on the outside from the very center and the inside of my own experience. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much contradiction in that, right? But that doesn't make it wrong and it doesn't make it untrue. It's the exact like frequency and lens that you are here to bring. Maybe I need to rethink how I'm doing my career stuff. (laughs) Well, isn't, uh, isn't there a bunch happening in your 10th house right now? I think so. I think so. Oh yeah. South node going through the 10th house. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, you're draining, you're draining the old 10th house. It is in a lot of ways. It's like, what's the impact you're trying to make? What's the legacy you're trying to leave? Like what, what does the world think of Marcella Kroll and what's Marcella Kroll's work in the world? And the South node is coming through to be like, let's vacuum some old shit out of here. Well, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like I just, I just archived over 77,500 photos on Instagram because I was like, I just want all previous avatars to mm-hmm. not be accessible anymore because mm-hmm. I'm not any of this. Mm-hmm. So any photo or video posted previous prior to 2022, I archived. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense. And I'm, I am like in this weird new, like re, um, just like revisitation of my work and, and um, yeah, it's been a wild time. I've been feeling so similar. Like I can't remember if I told you, you this, or if I was saying it to someone else, but probably both. I feel like I am just trying to, so I just had the South node move through my first, the last year and a half. So very much like identity clearing. And now I feel like I'm wanting to reemerge as a character. That's what it feels like to me. Like I want to embrace my public persona as a performance and have it feel separate to me than my actual life. And that is extremely unfamiliar to me. Like all old versions of me would have been so like put off by that idea. 
And it just makes me wonder, like a lot of times the way I talk about my work is I'm just trying to help myself and others navigate the apparent contradiction between the sameness and the universality of all of our experiences and then the very differentiated kind of routes and flavors that we each have in experiencing those universalities. So that's like where my brain's going hearing you say this is, I think there's something universal about this experience right now. And it almost feels like some of us are wake, like a lot of people are like waking up to the silliness of reality and like realizing that it can be really playful. Right. Um, And yeah, like something's really feels like it's really changing in regards to how we consider showing up in the world and showing up to each other and like the different, I guess this is a natural thing that would happen after so much time with the internet too, where like we've been, we're so much more connected to so many more people than we ever were. And now we're starting to understand that we don't have the energy or the bandwidth Mm -hmm. to relate to everybody that knows us or that we know in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so there's like these different, you know, yeah, I don't know, just like the avatar character piece that feels like there's something about that that feels kind of universal that we're all starting to like see it more as like play. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important. And, you know, like I was just on my friend and my old bandmate Bonnie's podcast and, and I was talking to her about like, you know, I've been serious my whole life and I came into a very like violent, like destructive kind of abusive environment and, you know, had to be serious to survive. And I think my whole life I have been so serious because life has been tragic <laughs> in many ways, um, you know, whether it's been in my own life or my ancestral origins and all I've ever wanted to do was play. And it's like, it's, it's so wild to me that I have not been able mm. to play um, in this life, you know? And I, cause I can remember really distinctly being a kid and playing and escaping. And I mean, even like, as I remember wanting to be a dancer Um, and I wanted to be on Saturday night live. I loved making people laugh and I still love those things, but then there's this heaviness that comes with being in a body on this earth and being here to help people that it's like, there's a lot to be rageful about, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm so tired. And like you said, like that bandwidth, to relate to every single person is not there anymore. And it's not that I don't care. It's just, there's only one of me in this lifetime. And I always say this, but I don't want to come back. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I like, and, and I don't say that in a depressive way. I just say like, you know, I, I just, this lifetime for me has been very fruitful in many ways but also I'm just like ready to exist as like a guide or in the ethers for something else Mm -hmm. and not hold all of this heaviness and and I want to have fun and I want to enjoy myself and I want to be around people and community that let me be myself Mm -hmm. that is like that's how I want to spend, I'm in that classic also midlife crisis transit that they talk about the Uranus uh, opposing Uranus and I'm having Saturn opposing Saturn. And your and Chiron I'm, return. What's that? Oh, and, and my your Chiron, Chiron return. return. Yes. All the fun stuff. Um, and I, I just, I, I want to have a good time this next half. Like that, that's what I want. I want a good time. I want to enjoy my time here because the first half has not been, mm-hmm. while it's been thrilling, it's been um, enlightening, it's been expansive, it's been adventurous. It hasn't been fun. Mm-hmm. I want fun. People associate like fun with the Leo archetype a lot, right? So this right. fits so well into your Saturn and Leo because it's like, you're, okay, you're an agent of Saturn. You're here to do Saturn's work. And that's the hard work, mm-hmm. right? But you're here to do it. Find a way to make it fun. Find a way to let it feel like that fiery, regenerative, playful Leo energy. And also, you know, looking at this from another angle, we just delineate Saturn and Leo as like 
that Leo perspective is one that is hard for you to access, right? right? It will, it takes longer for you to in- integrate and incorporate that lens and that part of you, because that's Saturn. Saturn's like, it's not going to come easy, but you no. have the potential to become masterful at it. So all of that, like everything you just shared that I'm just looking at, like, yeah, you're ruled by Saturn and Leo. You're figuring it out. Like Mm -hmm. you're here to figure out how to do all that hard work, but in a way that feels regenerative. Yeah, it's really wild. You just brought back a memory of like the times where I felt like really connected to that Leo energy. They were always shot down usually by the adults around me in the sense that like, or something would happen that shifted or altered the course of my life. You know, like Mm -hmm. I said, like when I was a little kid, I used to um, run away from my mother and in like the grocery store and I would go find an aisle and dance down the aisle. Like I love dancing and um, I would do it until I got caught. Like it would be like, and getting caught would be somebody was shopping and I would, Mm -hmm. and I would run and I would hide. And then as I started to get older, I wanted to really get into, I got into more dance. I was a cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> um, briefly, but I also did. Um, Please share those photos with us. I know I'm, I'm still trying. I'm reaching out to people to try to get some of these photos. But nice. then, in, you know, in the nineties, I was really into and loving color and dancing. And I used to go to raves and I actually danced like hip hop house break dancing. And I got invited to China even to go with a group with a troupe because we used to do after school dancing. We're, I was too poor. I was too poor to get my passport on time. And even though someone offered to pay for me, it was like too many things kept getting in the way of my trying to make this career. And I've been in bands and performs and all this stuff, but like it's always gotten shot down. Um, by some other thing. And I'm not blaming like the other thing. I think that there's definitely reasons why my life has been deterred from going in those directions. But I just think it's interesting that I do feel most fulfilled when I can be in that Leo energy and like perform my work, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, it just... I, I just went down memory lane there because I was having those memories of being a kid and trying to dance down the aisles and getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for, for uh, t- chatting with me today um, and just sharing your experience and your, the way you relate to human design. And I think anyone who um, is interested in this work should absolutely like follow you on social media, but also look into your offerings. You have a Patreon, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. And, and then classes, I see that you offer classes and, and, and then sessions. What is, how, how should people, or how can they connect with you and find you in all of the ways? Yes. So I'm in process right now of kind of like restructuring how I'm available. And I think in the future, it's going to look something like it's going to, there's going to be less opportunities to work one-on-one unless it's like a longer term container. That's something that's still getting, it's still simmering, but I think that's the direction I'm headed in. And I'm going to focus on having more of my like intro based stuff, which I love doing and I'm really good at, but I'm just starting to get a little bored of in, in more like evergreen okay. format. Um, but for the next, for March, at least I'll still have one of the sessions I've been doing is introduction to your human design. So there will be some of those available in March. And then I'm teaching February 27th, a fundamentals of human design class. That's going to be, I've been teaching a workshop every month on just like whatever I want to. And that's what it is this month, but I've been not putting an end time. Okay. <laughs> so, cause I just, I just, I'm a manifester. So a lot of my energy is about like, there's some shit inside of here that needs to get out. And I don't always know how long that's going to take. And when I teach, I am not brief. I'm very thorough. And it, yeah. it's, it feels very much like transmission, long Sagittarian channeling situation. So I say that to say that it's going to be a long workshop on Sunday, <laughs> the 27th, probably something like four hours or even a little longer, but it's going to be a really thorough, like, intro to design through the centers. So in a way that I think will really help people, um, like actually the, 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 the truth or not truth of it will be very clear to you within your own body. 
um, you'll know what does and doesn't resonate. So I have that coming up. And then in March, I'm going to do a workshop. I think I'm going to call it agent of whom mm. uh, about like your chart rulers. Like we kept talking about Marcella being ruled by Saturn, but in a Leo way. So I'll talk, I'll break that down. And then yeah, I have a Patreon, which um, has a bunch of weird offerings that will also probably be changing soon, but people can check that out. Awesome. And then I have, I teach astrology as well. And I'm currently working on turning my, my 12 week live class into a more self-paced evergreen thing so that'll be available soon too amazing thank you i will link all of kelsey's links in the show notes and um all information there thank you so much again for being here and uh happy almost full moon right yeah yeah okay yes thanks marcella thank you have a great week wherever you're at and uh blessed be